On this week's episode of The Smoke Break, we have local comedian Ronnie Macaroni discussing grief and how death can add more value to life. Check us out on Shady Pines Radio, Pretty Dope Experience Radio, as well as Spotify, Sundays from 9 to 10 a.m. Welcome to The Smoke Break. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lindio. Hi, friends. Malik Rayshon. What's poppin'? And hey. Ronnie Macaroni. Let's get it cracking. All right. So we are on Shady Pines Radio every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m., as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. And you can find us on Spotify. Hit that follow button. Let's get it started. So, uh, I actually, I just put in my two weeks for a job. I just put in my two weeks for a job so that I can have more time to perform. But with that comes uh, whew, financial stress. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. We're all excited to talk about it and think about how we haven't paid that last bill. Um, but yeah, so it's it's definitely something that uh, I feel like there's a trade and an exchange that has to happen for you to maybe have a little bit more of what you do want. You have to do a little bit more of what you don't want. And if you don't do that thing you don't want, well, then you have something you don't want, which is stress. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm going to pass it off to Amanda because uh, nobody is more stressed uh, financially. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, well, I can't stop thinking about this one thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I am proud of you for quitting your job to do what you want to do. I always encourage, you know, friends and people I love and people in my circle in general, even fucking strangers, whatever, uh-huh. to quit their fucking job if it's going to stress them out or it's just uh, taking more than it's giving them. Um, yeah, fuck it. Because you can always get another job. I feel like we are expendable um, in in the, just in society as far as like they can always fucking replace you. So if you're going to like kill yourself over this job, uh, they wouldn't give a shit if you died doing this job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, did you find a cover? And I'm like, yeah. I actually couldn't. Uh. <laughs> Didn't put in your two weeks notice. I died. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, so I also quit my job at the preschool. Um and that was definitely something that was like stressing me out, even though I loved it. Um, and then like a couple of days later, they randomly were like, can you come in for a shift? And I was like, what? And I just ignored it. Like, no, I don't work here anymore. But it's just like, y'all good. What do you think quitting Amanda. means? Yeah. Did you hire someone else named Amanda? Um, yeah. I always stress about money every month and then it always somehow works out. Uh, but it doesn't keep me from stressing out about it. And I'm probably the most fucked financially than I've ever been. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard not to think about it and dwell on it sometimes. But thinking about, like, the good things, you know, like rent is covered and I have food stamps and I'll, you know, be able to survive and <clears throat> have shelter and feed myself. And that's cool. But it's just like the impending, <clears throat> all those calls from banks. <laughs> just like, nope, don't got your money. Uh yeah. Lose my number. Yeah, yeah, laugh in their faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Financial yeah. tips with Ronnie yeah. Macaroni. Yeah. Oh, I didn't have the money yeah. when I borrowed it. Come, come, and, get, come and get it. <laughs> <laughs> Something about getting those calls, too. Like, even if you're pretty much okay for the most part just getting that call like you still owe us 50 bucks it's like oh fuck i'm a piece of shit yeah oh, it's hard no. not to like feel bad because it's like i know that it's owed but at the same time like i don't have it and you have more money than i do mm-hmm. so one of us can wait actually yeah. both of us can wait and that fucking overdraft 
fee bullshit. It's like thirty dollars. You don't have money. It's like oh cool. I have to pay money because I don't fucking have money. I, I yeah. love this. So fun. Yeah. Like if I yep. didn't give you your money, what makes you think I'm gonna give you more money? <laughs> they like took the last twenty dollars from my bank account over the last few months, like five dollars every month charge, and I'm yep. just like, now your account's at zero, and I'm just like, are you guys gonna take it in a negative for these charges? Such bullshit too. Can you sign up for a bank? They're like if you have money, we'll give you money. Yeah. If you're poor will take more of it. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? You're yeah. better off just buying beer and investing in cans. Like, yeah. at least, like, Honestly, it's a solid, in, like, yeah. No. Because save the cans and you at least it's an investment. It's, it's, I get something, you get something. This is great. Exactly. Win, win, win. Yeah. What and about, hey, it's gone up to 10 cents. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. 10 cents a can. Yeah. Shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Financial tips with Ronnie Macaroni. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm taking notes. Uh, so, Ronnie, I guess uh, what's what's been your experience? Are you are you uh, have you been stressed in the past? Oh, are you currently stressed? Oh God. Uh, yeah. I've been stressed and pressed my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've been yeah. I've been you know I've been hustling my whole life. I've given up uh, though in a sense. Given up on like money and yeah. jobs um, and on like killing myself. Mm-hmm. I still stress about money sure. um, because I want to survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Fair. But I've been uh, I've been blessed uh, to live off a lot of the kindness of yeah. my community. Yes. Um, yeah, I hate capitalism. I think uh, we should definitely have universal income, but mm. I don't think we're made to work. I was watching a woman at Dairy Queen the other day mm-hmm. and she was like just like you can see the dead in people's <laughs> eyes of just doing meaningless fucking mindless tasks sure. were made for so much more yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely um no well, it sounds but, like like you have a like a pretty good perspective on like i understand that this money is owed and that i do have to pay this money but like as oh, far as I making no myself intention miserable of paying the money back yeah I've why did you say you intended yeah. to pay it back but I've, you know that it should <laughs> i've had debtors made me cry um in the past and i've just you know come to terms with i you know they can chase me for it Mm -hmm. they can chase me me from state to state they can't get what i don't have yeah you know so i i don't i don't have it it's like we can giggle it's it's a let you know ask you (laughs) i don't have i uh i'm on my last few bucks i don't have a job i just got a random gig today hey congrats Um, um, I have a van that I don't know how long it's going to run for, but I'm running it. And I'm Wait, did you say a van or a van? A van. I okay. have a van to live yeah, in. Dope. So that's dope. Yeah. That's some set, like a sense of security sure. for me, um, even though it doesn't seem like it to some, some people. people. Yeah. But um, Amanda lived in a bus, so I'm pretty yeah. sure none of us are here. And I'm about to live in my car, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure nobody here is judging. Baby, I've lived, all, I've lived in fraternity houses. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that I feel like my whole life has been a financial struggle. Mm. Um, I was aware of my parents' financial struggles growing up. So that was, you know, always a concern for me. But in that sense, I also... Um, I'm really resourceful. Yeah. I'm a a street kid. I'm a hustler and I'll make something out of nothing. Exactly. Um, so, and I don't have any qualms about, you know, about 
make him making it work. Yeah, no, well, I, I feel so. like that's almost like a, a a gift in having financial struggles when you're when you're younger is that uh -huh. you realize that like okay, money is something I need to have, but it's also something I can make out of like like you said, nothing. You know, yeah. you find a way to be able to yeah. to 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 make it. Um, yeah, and that's and I, I feel like that kind of just comes from not having it. You know, like people who've always have it are just like, oh, I'll just ask my mom, I'll just ask my dad, yeah. I'll just ask my, you know. But it's like in in kind of our cases where it's like, oh, like me, I can't call my mom for money. If I call my mom for money, she'll ask me for money. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I love her to death, but that's not what I'm calling her for. Yeah. Uh, shout out to her. She actually did let me borrow some money, but that's not the. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yay! Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Yeah, I do appreciate that. But I mean, you know, I. But I, I yeah. Yeah, I guess it's it's just kind of like in that sense of like, you know, not having it makes you realize that you can get it if you need to and you can and you can make it in different ways. Exactly. So it's really it's really not worth being stressed over. Yeah. I mean, but it's you can't help it. Like, oh yeah. You have anxiety. It's, mm -hmm. it's it's important to have, you know, the self-talk and hopefully, you know, have people when you get in that death spiral. Yeah. Because yeah. I definitely I mean, sometimes I, you know, I it, I think about suicide a lot because yeah. I can't afford to fucking live. Yeah, and I'm honestly. so and I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm tired of breaking. I feel so old. I've worked on my feet. I've broken my body. I mm -hmm. haven't gotten a good return yeah. on it. Yeah. Um. And I don't. I don't believe in capitalism. Yeah. You know. I just don't. And I can't do. I work for a power company. Mm -hmm. And I just it was destroyed me because yeah. it was against everything. I don't. You know, it, this, you're selling something that belongs to the earth and it, we belong to the earth. Yeah. And so it belongs to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And Amen. the infrastructure yeah. has been paid out for. Yeah. Already. So it's not like you're having to pay for, you know, it's like a toll bridge that never takes the toll off. Like y'all paid yeah. for the fucking bridge. What y'all doing? <laughs> no <laughs> shit. Y'all doing with that money though. Like, like. No, very true. And I'm sure it, it felt kind of, you know, like not very fulfilling being the person who's like taking that away where it's just like, oh, hey, you didn't pay it. Well, now you don't have electricity. Yeah. Good luck, you know? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to, I, I've, don't give me a job and I wish I, I like I've lightweight I've been trying to figure out how I can like destroy the system um, <laughs> yeah. you know and I'm like how can I be effective and I'm like mm -hmm. I don't want to work and it's like well you can't just wither away and I'm like well maybe you could just be a really you know just get a job at a bank and give everybody fucking bank loans yeah. and lose the paperwork <laughs> like for real, you know for real, just though. keep everybody electricity you know what can, what can you do yeah work yeah. at the plaid pantry and not ring people's fucking stuff <laughs> Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> no, I love it. I I'm, love a, it. I'm a filthy communist, or hey, whatever. Hey. I don't know enough to to label myself. Hats off to you. I just, I just saluted Ronnie because uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your work. Thank Definitely you. let me know whichever plaid pantry you start. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, uh, Malik. What about you? Uh, what have what have what is financial str uh, struggles? I guess and financial stress uh, meant for you. Well. Uh, I actually grew up very financially privileged, if I can just keep it 100. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I never had to, like, worry if we were going to have a meal. I never had to, like, feel stressed that, like, I didn't have clothes or whatever. Um, and uh, it wasn't really until, I think, the time that I probably moved out on my own for the first time and realized how much money I was spending on weed and food. Mm. And I was like, 
damn, I'm completely financially fucking irresponsible. Yeah. And I'm yeah. having to call my mom like every month and, you know, ask for several hundreds of dollars to right. pay my rent. And it's like the worst feeling ever because I know like I d- I'm not one of those people who's like, I came from nothing. Like mm-hmm. I, I came from a very like stable type of situation and still I'm here like having to figure out how I'm going to get my rent paid like that's yeah. that's really fucking I don't know. Well, it's like it almost kind of puts you at more of a disadvantage because you don't realize like you don't realize how hard it is to pay these things because you didn't see somebody struggle to pay them, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like you you kind of get thrown out there and it's like, yeah. oh, OK, I guess, you know, now that I haven't paid it, I see that it is difficult to pay. It's really hard to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get so used to just like, you know, your little minimum wage paycheck that you get from your first real job. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to fucking, you know, buy whatever the fuck I want to buy. Yeah eat food and then get paid again in two weeks mm-hmm. but this is like electricity fucking wi-fi water everything rent excuse me um those were not things that i was mentally prepared to take on mm-hmm. and i think i got it a little bit figured out now like i'm able to pay my rent have some in my savings or whatever um but i i do recognize that you know in a way i think i kind of entered the adult world in a like very unprepared disadvantage, mm-hmm. which which is different from the disadvantage of just having nothing, mm-hmm. but like not knowing what to do with yeah. the yeah. thing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. A lot of I feel like a lot of parents don't necessarily teach us about financial shit. We just see them either stressing out or like it's not an issue. Mm. So yeah. then you go out on your own, you're like, fuck. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff to consider here. Yeah, because you're just like used to having your needs fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Like, and so then you realize, damn, it's like really expensive to fulfill my needs. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I grew up in a way where I'm used to going without. Mm. So like like it's like when I get down to it, like I can go without and I can make a lot of things work. But it's like literally like killed me. And mm-hmm. ca- like I when I was living in New York, I was sleeping three hours a night. Mm. I was working three different jobs yeah. doing comedy yeah. and sucking dick on the side. Busy. And yeah. <laughs> and like I could literally I, I could afford my drinking habit. I yeah. had to choose between my what I wanted I had to choose like Mm -hmm. well is it more important for me to drink or is it more important me for for me to eat food well if I eat food I'll be full but I'll still be stressed and depressed if you drink (laughs) you're gonna forget about the fact that you're hungry and you'll probably find somebody to buy you a slice of pizza like you know and it's like at least you get one meal a day I always have money for cigarettes yeah yeah exactly your habits like it's like hey if I'm broke well I can spend my money on food but I'm gonna be hungry in a few hours if i spend my money on cigarettes and a coffee like it's gonna curb my appetite and you know and and i'll be able to just like pass out i won't know that i'm hungry Hungry. or whatever no yeah that's that's definitely steal steal food from the job like always have a food service job so you can have at least one meal yeah the the homie the homie will will get me like a hot dog they're like two dollars you know so it's like i'll be i'll be good on food but the homie's not gonna buy me a pack of cigarettes exactly yeah (laughs) It it pays to be a pretty bitch. Like, let me tell, like, oh, you're telling me. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, listen, it's like my friend Warhol Kaufman says, if you see a, a, you know, a homeless woman and she's beautiful, it's a choice. <laughs> see a beautiful homeless woman. That was a choice. <laughs> she don't want to be with y'all. She don't want none of y'all. She tired. <laughs> oh my God. That's perfect. Thank you for, uh, thank you for yeah sharing your experiences with just like kind of financial stress and the mm-hmm. ways that like you've, you've, you know, done your best to deal with it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that it's definitely something that is, it's a universal, uh, struggle. So I think being able to talk about it and, uh, you know, just being able to bring it to light so is, fun. yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly important, but we are going to take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from nine to 10 AM on shady pines radio, as well as pretty dope experience radio. Let's explore the most iconic soundtracks of all time. Let's have different topics every week with the music taking center stage. Let's listen video game music every Sunday, 3 p.m. Welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hello. Malik Rayshon. What's poppin'? And Ronnie Macaroni. Hey, hey, hey. So, uh, on this portion of The Smoke Break, I want to talk a little bit about grief. Um, I... I'm doing a recovery summit uh, tonight, and um, a lot of the reason why I fell into addiction is because I lost a very close friend of mine. Um, it was very abruptly. I was uh, I was using at the time, and uh, I had felt that maybe using was what they had wanted. Um, and the grief makes us uh, answer questions maybe differently than we might normally on a normal day. You know, so what what do I want to do? Oh, I want to not feel this. Uh, so grief can have a lot of different effects on on us. And uh, I have some experience with grief, but I may not have the most experience with grief. Um, but I want to uh, just kind of ask you, Ronnie, what is your experience with grief? And uh, what are, I guess, some ways that you've used to navigate it? Yeah. Um, I mean, my experience with grief is my whole, my whole life. Um, it's, I, I've, I've had a really, I've lost a lot of people at a really young age. Um, and there's been a lot of trauma, but the thing that I've learned most about grief is that it's not something that goes away. Um, it changes shapes. Mm. Um, so it's something that kind of transforms and it moves with you. Um, and as you get perspective on life, oh, can you, Go ahead. as Very you, good. yeah, as you get perspective, you know, on life and you have more experiences, you, you just hopefully reflect and you look at it differently. And, you know, I think of it kind of like, um, the ocean, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and it ebbs and it flows and there are waves and some waves are stronger than others. Yeah. Um, some waves, you know, crash down on you and just mm-hmm. wipe you the fuck out. Yeah. Um, you know, and some waves are just these like ripples of pain, yeah. um, that you kind of just acknowledge on, you know, on the way in the days of your life. Yeah. Well, I like that you said that the grief kind of changes shape, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. I feel like that's an important thing to recognize is that like, it really doesn't go away, but like, it just isn't as intense, you know, it's, it's something that like, you know, like I miss my best friend and there's, you know, definitely things that remind me of her, like listening to my favorite band or going for a 
drive or smoking weed in the car, which I, you know, do, or I mean, don't do, uh, whatever, whoever's listening, I'm safe. Um, <laughs> I'm parked tweeted. The keys are out of the ignition. It doesn't matter. But there's, there's definitely those little things, those little ripples of like, Hey, I remember you, um, you know, but it's, it's almost like, I feel like in my experience, I've found healthier ways to acknowledge that grief. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, um, Oh gosh, what was I going to say? There was something you said that really resonated with me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's the way it changes. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a silent passenger. What happens is you, you have to find a new sense of normal, mm, you know? Yeah. Uh, I like, for instance, I lost my mom when I was 16 years old. Um, and my father when I was 25 and, um, I, Uh, my mother and I had a really difficult relationship. So when she passed away, it was, it was, it was expected, but it was sudden at the same time. Um, and I was a teenager and my mom was, uh, she was a cunt like me. She was a tough (laughs) bitch. Uh, and, uh, I was really angry with her. So I couldn't mourn her death when Mm. she died. I was too angry to really deal with my grief. So my grief was just mixed up with a lot of anger and resentment. And finally, over time, as I grew as a person and a woman, I could look at her and look at her as a person and kind of see her pain and start to realize her pain and how that affected her relationship with me. And through that, I could start to feel you know, my grief, you know, obviously was less anger and, you know, I'm 36 years old now. And, um, I see even more of the picture of who my parents were, um, you know, cause we have a tendency to, if you have two parents, well, I mean, everybody has, you know, two parents, regardless of whether they have them, you, there tends to be a good parent. Yeah. There's there's one person that's the, the, that's cop. the good parent. Yeah, yeah. And there's one person that's the catch all. And you you realize you grow, you realize it takes two to tango mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, it's people are imperfect and we're all just we're all just hurt children, you know, yeah. and you can never take care of your children, children properly mm-hmm. if you're a child that was never taken care yeah. of. So there's a, yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like there's so much healing. Yeah. That well, can, it yeah. sounds like uh, you've, you've gained like a lot of perspective just, you know, as time has gone on, because mm-hmm. I feel like in the moment, you know, like my friend was using a lot of drugs at the time and all I, I was just hurt because I was just like, why are you using? Like, mm-hmm. why? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when they passed away, they had drugs in their system and it was just like, I just like, I just wanted to be angry because I was like, why, why are you using? Like, I mean, weed is fine. Can't yeah. we just do this? And it's, it really, it wasn't until they had passed away that like I'd found out that they were dealing with like this disease that like they yeah. wouldn't have survived anyways. Exactly. And I'm just like, I, I was passing all this judgment without having all the information. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was like, it took getting more of the information for me to have more compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I and think it takes a great level of maturity to say like, I'm hurt by this happening, but it's more important for me to understand why it's happening and how Mm -hmm. someone got to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's really um, admirable that y'all were able to get to that place of like understanding why certain things happened the way that they did. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it also, you know, just like understanding people's pain. I think a lot of times we don't understand the levels of people's pain and why they are the way that they are. I struggle with, you know, uh, with with really serious depression um but a lot one of the things that i've come to realize is i'm i have chronic pain Mm, and that's a major trigger for my depression and my anxiety because i don't want to be a prisoner in my body um and sometimes when my pain is so much it's and you know depression and then the it's you know financial stress and everything and it's just Life is really painful, and I think we don't acknowledge that, and that adds to our grief. Yeah. Um, the fact that we don't acknowledge—I don't think we acknowledge death in this society or honor it. We don't have yeah, honor. We don't yes. honor it, and we don't have rituals and practices yes. to connect with the dead and to help us, you know, to to help us acknowledge that this is this part of the deal everybody's gonna die yep some people sooner than others um and if you can make peace with that it's still going to be painful Mm -hmm. but it will bring you some kind of peace with the process yeah absolutely i had seen uh somewhere that like i was i was reading this book that was kind of just you know it's a self-help book mm-hmm. but one of the things that they talked about was just like uh there's it's it's taking some time almost every day to acknowledge death yeah. to yeah. acknowledge that you're going to die because yeah. i'd said it maybe on this episode or maybe just to you guys in passing but like once something has a limit it has mm-hmm. value exactly. you know mm-hmm. and it's like the same thing is true for our lives is like if you were to live forever then it wouldn't matter if you did it today or tomorrow yeah but it's the fact that that we don't know if there's a today or if there's a today or a tomorrow yeah. that makes it so, okay, well, I need to do as much as I can today because I don't know. I don't know about tomorrow. Exactly. I don't know about next week. So, yeah. Um, there's yeah. a different type of value that comes from like when you wake up in the morning and acknowledge death mm-hmm. and you really get to enjoy life because you recognize that like so many people did not make it to today mm-hmm. and you might be one of the people that don't make it to tomorrow yeah exactly so today better be a good ass day yeah, yeah. amen and amen. just try to enjoy you know on my my father's deathbed that was one of the things he told me was just try to enjoy yourself yeah. that's you know life is and that's also in a, you know we some kids don't learn about death until they lose you know somebody and some people can go a really long time yeah without mm-hmm. losing someone yeah um, um, I feel kind of blessed in the sense that uh, it's so weird. You know, I my mother lost a child right before I was born, mm. uh, my brother Matthew. And so he was cremated and um, I grew up, he was in an urn with a teddy bear on the mantle. Mm-hmm. So we grew up, I grew up knowing about Matt, knowing about Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember opening up the urn and smelling his ashes, like mm-hmm. as a child. So, you know, it's a, a, knowing that that is a part of life at an yeah. early age. It's, it's, it's helps it be a little bit less, you know, shocking i feel like people are shocked by death i i make a joke that you know you get pets people people have pets and grandparents so they can learn about (laughs) death at an early age (laughs) so you (laughs) teach them about love and death (laughs) so good that's real though a lot of the first like 
grief, the first heavy grief that a lot of people feel is their pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was the first grief that I had felt as a very, very small child. This dog that my uh, my grandma had got probably like 10 years or something before I was born. So I had just a few years to be friends with this dog. But losing that dog was like and I'm, I'm a big dog person, which is why this is like a big deal to me. That was that was the first time I had ever experienced loss. And it it really did put things into perspective. I'm like, I love this dog and he's gone now. Mm-hmm. And I'm still here. Yeah. So what do I do about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta create a new sense of normal. Yeah. That's like that's what it is, and that's why it's you know my father my father was m- like my best friend, and he passed when I was 25, and I went to a grief counseling group like two years after because I was mm. having just and it, I was str- completely it was like having the rug pulled out. Mm. And everyone in the group was like 60 and up Mm -hmm. and people were there because they were grieving their parents' deaths who were in their fucking nineties. Yeah, exactly. And in a sense, you're just like, for you know what, when you look at them and you're just like, you know, your parents were going to die. Didn't you know you had your whole life? Yeah. Yeah. And in the other sense, it's like. Wow. Can you imagine being in your 70s and living with your parents your whole life for 70 fucking years? Yeah. Yeah. And then now they're gone. Now you have to. And now you have this world without this person that Mm -hmm. he's been in your life your whole life. Mm -hmm. I, you know, in a sense, I lost my parents before I could get too attached to them. Yeah. And it's like. On the bright side. Yeah. No, I I definitely I I appreciate that you're able to kind of see it from both sides because um, there's another comic. um, There's another comic who had lost their parents, um, Kyle Adams, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, lost his parent, excuse me. um, And, you know, he just has like a a different perspective on on death because it's like, you know, he he kind of like made a joke about, you know, like that's what happens when you get that age. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's what happens when you get that old. Like, but it's just it's being able to have that perspective of like, I understand why this hurts. But at the same time, like I, I would hope you also understand why this is also painful for me because mm-hmm. yeah. losing your parent at any point is not going to be a fun experience, whether uh-huh. it's it's earlier or later. Like mm-hmm. either you have your whole life with them uh, and you had to watch them go or you didn't yeah. have that much time with them and you had to watch them go. But yeah. And I feel like it's it's kind of the same with like everybody. Like it's kind of like a job, you know, like yeah. either you're going to leave or they're going to leave. But mm-hmm. one of us is going to quit this job Absolutely. or we're both going to be here forever, which isn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I appreciate that you've been able to g- kind of gain the perspective that you have because that's that's not an easy thing. You could just be bitter that they were gone. You could be bitter that you didn't have more time and be bitter at people who've had them for longer. But yeah. you've instead kind of been like, okay, like, how do I create a new sense of normal yeah. in my own life? Um, so that way I'm honoring the, the time that I have with the people that I have now. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, it's a really great uh, conversation to have with you, and thank you for yeah. uh, sharing with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Any, anytime. Absolutely. Cool. Well, you, you're still sticking around for two more segments? Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we will be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. Friends of Slop with DJ Larrabee on Fridays at 7 p.m. <laughs> Friends of Slop, pop, vaporwave, art rock, yes. indie, rap, punk, Bob James. Hell yes. It makes more sense once you try it. Or does it? A variety show with theme nights, deep dives, earworms, Nebraskans, and vinyl crackle. I think you're going to like it where I'm going to take you. A two-hour mixtape made lovingly for you. It's Friends of Slop on Fridays at 7 on ShadyPinesRadio.com. Welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. I'm your host, your old pal, Zane, with a mandolin deal. Hi, friends. Malik Rayshon. Ow! And Ronnie Macaroni. Look at that. Look at that. It's like it never happened. This portion of The Smoke Break is called The Joke Break, where we draw a card from a game called Let's Get Real, Bro. Uh, still waiting on sponsorship. Uh, but uh, until then, we're actually going to answer uh, some of these really interesting questions. And the question that we have this week is... Hmm. What do you think, excuse me, what do you think people expect of you as a man or woman? How does it affect you? Mm. Hmm. Ooh, that was fucking heavy. God damn it. It's it's a red card. So, I mean, it's fucking, yeah. This says super fucking real. Uh, It's even on there. So can I I jump on that? one? Please, please do. Uh, okay. So as a man, and I'm going to add on to that as a black man and I, I know that this is a conversation that we've had. Uh, maybe maybe it was on the show. Maybe it was just uh, between us. But you know, you gotta be you gotta be hard. Pause. You gotta be um, willing to be physically aggressive if somebody threatens you or you feel like you're disrespected. You have to be the protector. You have to be the breadwinner. Um, I guess those are more just the general things that men are expected of. But if I could look at what am I specifically as a man expected to do? Um, And so I'll share like some some family history to answer this question. My grandma and my grandpa on my mom's side, they had a very sort of like mysterious relationship, I guess you could say. There's a lot of information that... I personally don't know, but what I do know is that there was a lot of um, mistreatment. And when he died, I think that she wasn't able to process a lot of that. So fast forward to my time, I am pretty much like the only man in my like in my family home. And I think a lot of times when certain stressful situations would come up as the the man in the family, I felt in a way like I had to sort of answer for some of the stress that was left behind by my grandpa. And it wasn't like anyone pointed their finger at me and was like, you need to do this. You just kind of feel it, you know, where it's like, where is where is this pressure? Where is this anger? Where is this this uh, disdain coming from? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like whatever I have done, not to say that, like, I'm a fucking perfect person or anything, but whatever minor inconvenience I'm presenting can't warrant like this type of heaviness. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'll say the just wrapping that up, the way that I've experienced um, an expectation as, of being a man is 
having to right the wrongs of my grandfather. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good answer. Fuck yeah, it was. Fuck yeah, it was. All right. Well, let's go around the circle with this uh, joke break. This has been yeah. very heavy, uh-huh. but that's okay. No, no, yeah, as long as you laugh at the end of it. Yeah, we just need a drum. Um, Guess okay. what? It's life. It's that. not funny. Don't worry. Hey, honestly, honestly. No, but it's, it's trying to make the makes funny out of the heavy stuff, which it. we're going to do. We're going to try. We're going to do our best. So, uh, Ronnie, what do you, what about you? Um, what do you think of, uh, what do you think people expect of you as a woman? And uh, how does it affect you? I, and when you like, like, that's hard because what do I think people as in like people now or society sure, sure. Let's, or let's, my let's go family, with, let's go society, there's family, partner, culture. Those are all examples. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, I was raised, I, you, my mother, my mother married my father and she was like a housewife, you mm-hmm. know, and she, she raised me to be a housewife in a lot of ways. Mm. She raised me to take care of my father. Mm. So I was raised in an environment where the women were really protective of the men. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all, you know, we just, we, we protect our, we protect our men at all costs. And it's like, you're, you're the, the, you're holding all of the weight when my mom passed away, I stepped up into like the position of my mother. Um, and so I, my mom taught me how to iron my dad's shirts and how to do, you know, all of this stuff. And so it's funny because in a lot of ways I'm, um, what people would call a feminist or, you know, I'm a gender bending queer. I, I always have been, I'm tired. I want people to get like, can we get past all of this fucking talking about, it's like, can you get over what's in people's fucking pants already? (laughs) Like when I was 12 years old and people are like, well, you know, don't call it postal man or, you know, it's like, it's not, equality and I want to be represented like I just read that and I was like well I'm a man too then I guess <laughs> I'm just like I'm that I'm that guy I'm, I'm that guy I'm that yeah, guy pal I'm that guy and yeah so it's you know I'm as a Latino woman and you know with the Afro Latino uh, it's people expect you to be spicy mm-hmm. they expect you to be outspoken I feel like they expect you to be crazy and saucy and you you know, I just I feel like expectations just at the end of the day, regardless of what they are, they it's like projecting onto people and it it, it inhibits people from being who they really yeah, are yeah. and just be leaning into themselves. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm like my that. father's son and my mother's daughter. And yeah, yeah. I, I really, I like really that. like that. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of just the the idea that like the expectations don't allow me to be who I could be. They yeah. allow me to be. I either fit inside the box that you think I do, or I don't fit inside that box. Yeah. And you know, that's one of them's a problem for me, and one of them's a problem for you. Yeah. So. And they're exhausting. Absolutely. It's exhausting. It's one of the reasons why I don't want to come out of my house sometimes because I yeah. feel like it's a big show that you have to put on for people. Yeah. And so yeah, it's I like theatrical. That. I think that being a woman for me um just that when you when you inhibit when you exhibit or you embody like feminine what it means to be feminine it's drag i mean being you know you we i'm dressing up in drag Mm -hmm. like when i go out as a like that's yeah 
that's what it is. We're just playing up and playing into to this thing, this over yeah. like, yeah. I really like that. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting and kind of like a cool way to to kind of put it where it's just like it, where it where it does feel like this over theatrical where it's just exactly. like why well, I have to dress up and then I have to fucking do the show and I have to have the walk and the music has to be playing and it's just like man can I just fucking go pick up some creamer for real you gotta move a <laughs> just, certain way yeah for real absolutely absolutely all right cool um and Amanda go ahead um I know you really like uh, societal expectations of women so go ahead <laughs> and tell us what you think <laughs> Uh, well, my grandma was just a fucking badass feminist that uh, I didn't really appreciate her until I started doing comedy because I was like, I'm a tomboy. My friends are boys. Like, dudes aren't that bad. Uh, you know, and I didn't like I, I, I don't know. I guess I just assumed it was like to be a feminist was to be an angry woman that hated men. And then I started doing comedy and I was like, I guess I am an angry woman that <laughs> Goddamn right. Uh, fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, it's y'all's fault. We know that. <laughs> I was a nice girl. Uh-huh. Exactly. I was a nice little tomboy. For real. <laughs> I was one of your friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, um, I I guess the expectation that I've been like str- struggling with or the one that I've had to deal with the most, um, it's it's it came from speaking up so when I was you know quiet and sweet and a tomboy and friends with everybody and you know it didn't matter um then it it, I I didn't see the world in that way I didn't I just assumed everyone was cool like you know like there wasn't that much of that like that expectation or divisiveness and then doing comedy and like speaking up uh and just seeing how fucking shitty dudes treated women like not listening talking over them taking jokes like straight up like you say something they say it louder they get the credit just not treating you like anything other than like oh the hot new girl's here i'm trying to fuck her and forget her name it's like what i fucking hate all of you Mm -hmm. and like being the only woman in the room and introducing myself to the same 20 dickheads like every fucking week who are you the only fucking bitch that's been here talking to you (laughs) fuck you and Mm -hmm. just it made me definitely like angry because women are not valued like and fuck it's so frustrating because all these dudes just feel like they're entitled to your time Uh and your space and your body and your mind and all this shit and even your emotional stuff Mm -hmm. like they just they just take and take and then treat you like you know you don't fucking matter uh it's extremely fucking frustrating um (laughs) so uh yeah i just i really respected and loved and admired her because it's like i what i'm doing is not not everyone's gonna fucking like it but now it's like i fucking love doing comedy and making women laugh yeah and my favorite is when you can like see dudes cross their arms and like i'm telling on yourself (laughs) i see you bitch but also i love that too yeah i i like making fun of like the expectations that men and women have on each other in society so it's like if i'm making fun of toxic men and there's dudes laughing because they're like, yeah, that's stupid. And there's a guy looking at me like he wants to fucking kill me. I'm like, you're the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell yeah. on yourself. Fuck you. Well, no, <laughs> that's wife is laughing. I feel so bad for her. <laughs> that's uh, that's something I've always like appreciated about you is that like you helped me laugh at the expectations that were placed on men. Not you didn't make me laugh at myself. Like you made me laugh at myself in, for believing in those things. But like your 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 intent and as far as I saw it was to make fun of the expectations.
situation, not the person. Yeah. You know, fun of why the fuck do we do this? Yeah. Why, why do we do this? Why, why am I afraid that people think that I'm gay? Why is it, you yeah, know, why yeah. am I, why am I, yeah, just all the, the dumb little things that like, you know, wh- why did I think that this was a joke and that it was okay to say, even mm-hmm. though I know it's not okay to say, mm-hmm. you know, like just all those little things. Like I always just, I, I admired you for bringing to light a lot of that, you know, just w- not only within me, but within other people. And some people are receptive to that. Some people are like, you're right. Why was I doing that? No, yeah. I can laugh about it. And some people are like, fuck you. I still think that. Let me have it. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is my whole personality. I guess it's like, well, fucking get a new one. Yeah, get suck. a new personality. <laughs> I love, I love you. And I love, I love that you just lean into being a fucking bitch. Like it. it's amazing. It. And I admire that about you. And I want it makes me, I want to be more like that because I feel like I'm still really self-conscious and insecure like about how gruff I come off something like it's like almost like I don't want to be who I am as a woman because of these expectations Expectations. because I feel like like it's like I'm a a cunt um and I I have trouble owning it sometimes like I wish I can't was softer you (laughs) know I don't want I want to be softer I don't want to be mean and stuff and it's like but Sometimes you got to be a little mean. It's true. You just got to be honest too, though, because like dudes don't have that expectation. Guys walk around our assholes all the fucking time. That's just who I am, man. But if I do it, yeah, exactly. Oh, you're speaking your mind. Yeah, Yeah, yours is a badge of honor, and mine is a fucking red letter. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll go uh, you know, share what uh, what do I think uh, people expect of me as a man? Um, I don't know. I guess I, I like growing up. I always um, had. Uh, I guess. Oh, it's coming out of the the speakers. It's fine. Um, I can't, it's already over. Fine. Um, I guess the the problem that I guess I had growing up was just you know I always felt like I was feminine uh, or effeminate, and it was something that I was always really embarrassed of. Uh, I guess like sharing my feelings was something that I was always I was expected not to do. Um, there's yeah there's just there's like just small stuff like that you know and it's like there are things that are so much of me now that you wouldn't think that they were like these huge insecurities yeah um but like you know i i still have a really hard time like we were talking outside about you know like i would i used to get drunk with my male friends just so we would talk about our feelings yeah you know (laughs) that's such that's such a weird thing you know where i'm just like let's get drunk and talk about our feelings they're like what and i'm like i mean let's get drunk and talk about (laughs) girls or stuff or whatever (laughs) (laughs) so what are we supposed to talk about yeah yeah, football i don't know um bros (laughs) bros yeah (laughs) let's get real bro um <laughs> but yeah, I guess there's there's just those those little things where it's like, you know, especially you know, Malik was saying like as a black man, you know, you're expected to be tough, you're expected to be fucking cool, you're expected to be like all these these things that like I just never felt that I was and it wasn't until I found, you know, as close as I feel like I've been to my authentic self that like those things don't really matter anymore, you know? Like I I'm I'm Zane. That's yeah. I'm not a black man. I'm not, uh-huh. you know, a queer person. I'm not fucking yeah, I'm not any list of things that she wants I'm just Zane and if you call me anything other than Zane then don't call me ew ooh baby amen to that fucking it that's right god damn I love that Uh tell them how it is not how it should be (laughs) beautiful beautiful and on that note we are going to take a real quick commercial break we will be right back with the smoke break we are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio 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 Seance, where we play some songs and then make some bad jokes. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a sonic journey through the fabric, fabric, fabric of time. Tuesday nights at eight. Shady Pines Radio with your psychic friends. Welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lindiel. Hello. Malik Rayshon. And Ronnie Macaroni. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, excellent. So uh, this is this is one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, what are you excited for? It's a question I used to ask up top, but I feel like, you know, we can kind of just round out the whole episode with this. So uh, let's go around the circle and we will find out what everyone is excited for. Starting with Amanda Lindiel. Okie doke. Um, I, I've been financially stressed, as we mentioned earlier, so there's been uh, things that I've been excited for that were starting to give me stress, but I'm going to choose to lean into being excited and trusting that things will work out and enjoy um, things instead of stress about them. So I'm excited for getting to do shows out of town, um, uh, the teacher show, even though I'm not a preschool teacher anymore, but those jokes are fire. So <laughs> getting to do that show in Portland twice was awesome. I'm getting to do it in Salem this month and in Seattle is going to be fucking cool. Um, and just getting opportunities to perform at different venues, meet different people and be excited for this is the thing that brings me joy that brings other people joy. And that's more important than fucking a negative bank account. Fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get paid tens of dollars for comedy. <laughs> you got damn right. Fine. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's uh, that's it's cool that you're able to look forward to it in a sense of like most people would be like, oh no, I'm going to have less money and oh, I have less stability. And that's something that's easy to dread. So I guess being able to look at it in a positive light and be like, you know what? I figured it out every day up until this point. I'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure it out again. Mm-hmm. Just take it a day at a time because you can definitely rob yourself of joy. Actually, Ronnie and I were talking about this like just the other day about you can rob yourself of joy in the present by worrying and stressing about stuff that like it. You just have to just that it'll it'll work out. Take it a day at a time and like mm-hmm. don't. Don't fucking beat yourself up all the time. Enjoy yeah. shit. Yeah. My mom always <laughs> says, my mom always says, she always says, uh, it'll all work out. It always does. Yeah. Maybe not the way you wanted it to work out, Facts. but it will work that out. Part, that is true. That that, that's yeah. the first part. I'd be like, stop yeah. mom. Uh, the second part, I'm like, you got something. Fair. You yeah. got something. You're right. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. So I'm glad, I'm glad you got that to look forward to. Uh, what about you, Ronnie? Oh gosh. Um, well, I'm kind of on the same page as mm-hmm. Amanda. I, I'm excited. I've got a show with my uh, with my lover and comedy partner yeah. in uh, in uh, Colorado Springs. Oh wow! Uh, we have no idea how we're gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's at the end of the month. Um, but I'm super excited about about that. I feel like comedy is taking. I'm getting back to where I want to be, yeah. or not getting back to, but getting to sure. a place where I want to be right now. Um, and I'm just, you know, like trying not to worry and just trusting, maybe trusting and using my energy and believing that things are going to work out. Everything will come in in the 11th hour and don't be, (laughs) don't be so rigid in your ideas of how things are going to work out. So you can leave yourself open to how they do. 
Um, and yeah, and I'm excited for Minority Retort oh, with yes. Kasim Bentley this month and just, yeah. yeah, just spreading my wings and getting this van going. And yeah, so the van, is that like a new thing? It's, yeah, it is a new thing. It's something that I wanted to do for my whole life. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a road dog and I'm really yeah. comfortable on the road. It's where yeah. I find peace. Mm. Um, and it's like a meditation for me almost. I feel close to my ancestors ancestors and my father and um yeah i want to travel i want to do comedy i want to connect with people i'm yeah. just i'm excited to grow and love in my relationships yeah and all of the relationships that i have and just having people in my life that are real and have um the patience and emotional and mental maturity yeah. to mm -hmm. see me and you know um let us be able to grow uh, and heal through our trauma together. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, I, I can't think of a, a better thing to be excited for. Yeah, you have, awesome. you have, you know, so much going on in, in, as far as like your career, you have so much going on in like the, the personal relationships that you're trying to build outside of your career. Like, that's that's so yeah, much growth, and I'm awesome. always excited to to hear people are, are working on themselves uh, and and getting to places that they want to be, not just putting in the work, but mm -hmm. to seeing the fruits of their their work. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations! Absolutely. You're proud of your progress. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I am proud. I'm proud today, and I'm you know grateful. Reminding myself to be grateful, and you know, mm. as I think when you're a person who's filled with so much pain, that pain can be so overwhelming, and that's all you see sometimes. Yeah. is the grief um and you know realizing like i have a lot of people who've lifted me up and i still have community yeah. and oh yeah um absolutely yeah so i have you know i've as fucked up as my life has been mm -hmm. i've had a lot of fucking you know uh, yeah. uh hail mary's there's been times where people i needed people and they weren't there but there's been times i didn't think i had anybody and they fucking passed it to me right yeah. at the last exactly. minute exactly exactly yeah, absolutely that's perfect yeah. malik shit um okay i am excited you had two people to think he was um, listening. He was actually listening. There's this thing called active yeah. listening. Um, you know what my answer is. <laughs> um, I am excited to be um, practicing very strictly and passionately letting go of connections that do not serve mm -hmm. sure. uh, to people, to activities, to uh, substances. I actually think I am going to stop drinking. Okay. Uh, I've never been like, I drink, but yeah. I do drink and it doesn't do much for me. Mm. Um, you know, it's not like with smoking weed where I was like, Oh, this is the fucking ultimate activity. And I have so much fun when I do this. Mm. It's just like, I almost feel like I more do it because that's what you do. Yeah, uh -huh. it's like a social thing. Yeah. yeah. What do I do with my hands? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So so I'm just, I'm excited to be freeing up space in my world for more things that serve like a higher purpose of creating and supporting and guiding, you know, people towards their passions. Oh, yeah. And, um, 
yeah, I'm just excited to be getting into some new spaces that are gonna, you know, bring me more fulfillment than any spaces that I've been in in the past. Uh, yeah. This podcast being one of them, oh, uh, yeah. we're gonna be a part of some type of movie reflection type of deal. Oh, yeah. I'm excited oh, for that. Oh. Reese Hendricks, uh, show on shady pines radio it's called science factual yes did y'all plan that timing that was yeah we looked at each other made eye contact i'm like now's the time (laughs) winks into the camera (laughs) but yeah that's uh, that's what i'm excited for what about you zane Hmm, let's see. What am I excited for? Well, let's see. I am yeah, excited. Three people to think of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm excited for callbacks. Hey. <laughs> no, um, I'm excited for, I have this show, um, right out, not right after this, but in probably a couple hours where I'm going to be doing a recovery summit. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's kind of a gig that I had gotten through doing another recovery event where, you know, we were kind of talking about like our, our, our separation from substances and stuff like that. I've been sober from meth for 11 years yeah. and uh, sober from alcohol for uh, a little over a year and a half now. So how do you thank yeah, you? No, I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I'm trying, mm-hmm. trying, man. And, uh, you know, I'm, it's there's spaces that I've always kind of wanted to um to have because i feel like my story if i were to just share my story you'd be like huh cool story bro but like if i told you where i came from and where i'm at now Uh like it it holds a little bit more significance of like okay this person hasn't always been perfect but this person has always been trying and that's that's a a message that i want to push because i know i know what it's like to to be an addict i know what it's like for your family and your friends to just think you're the biggest piece of shit in the world and to to feel alone Mm -hmm. but to have like just even one person you know just look at you and say say like hey you're not that moment you know you're every moment after that but you are not that moment Mm -hmm. um because yeah it just it's i i want to be the person that i wish that i had when i was struggling you know amen and i i've had that person through you know through music where there was like days where i just wanted to fucking give up and i was able to listen to an artist and them just you know be like hey man don't fucking give up you know i wanted to give up and i've had i've had it through comedy and uh during this presentation it's going to be a 30 minute presentation um, and, uh, give me a 30 minute presentation. It's going to combine my music. It's going to combine my comedy. Um, if you've seen me before, my music is super fucking sad. My comedy is super fucking goofy, yeah. but they balance <laughs> each other out when you kind of combine the two. So, uh, to, to have an opportunity to share not only with the people I want to, but I get to share about the subject matter that I want to and put it all uh, together in a way that I want to is going to be extremely fulfilling. Oh, and, yeah. uh, hopefully I don't fuck it up. <laughs> no, you won't. Fucking killed it in Eugene when you were doing comedy and music. I really enjoyed watching yeah. that and see like how it kind of goes together and it does break the tension yeah. from the music that mm-hmm. can be heavier. Mm-hmm. And then you know like the back and forth. It's people love it and I love it. Yeah, like, you're very good at it. So yeah, it's gonna be great. Be great. And oh, people yeah. need to know enough. too that like just because you're sad doesn't mean you can't laugh. Yeah. Exactly. So oh, that's my best Preach. laughter. I'll be laughing. Yeah. I sometimes don't, you can't tell if I'm laughing or crying. Yeah, yeah, or I'll crack jokes during the tears oh, dude, yeah. like nice. to like Amanda yeah. used to hate when I did that oh she'd, be, she'd be like no you're supposed to be sad right now yeah. I'm like I am it's like, like I am but it's yeah. also funny like we can laugh and be like 
indeed, it's, it's a mix. It's like exactly. when you're on mushrooms and the circle connects and you really see how everything is connected. The pain yep. and the pleasure yep. and the beauty yep. and it's Absolutely. one big heart and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's throbbing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, that's, I, I, I like that you yeah. said that, Malik, mm-hmm. is that, you know, you need to, there needs to be that understanding that like, just because you're sad doesn't mean that you, you can't laugh. And, yeah. you know, just because you're laughing doesn't mean you can't ha- take time for a serious moment. Facts. So, Facts. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm super fucking grateful for, for the experience, for the opportunity. Um, and yeah, and honestly, I'm just really fucking happy to, to have done this episode with Ronnie. Cause I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, you know, I've really once, once you had told me kind of about your experience, it just, it made me understand a little bit more about you. And I, I feel like that's, that's where growth, uh, between people really comes from is just understanding a little bit more about their experience and at the same time in a way uh understanding a little bit more about your own where you're like hey maybe we don't have the same experience but we have more in common than you might think oh yeah absolutely yeah and when i the insight you know i think we all offer each other insight into Mm -hmm. our our you know into other people and into ourselves and yeah that's beautiful. That's it's that's kind of what the the smoke break is about. Is just you know sharing those little things about yourself and about each other, so that way you you can be like, yeah, I've I've also been there, and if yeah. I haven't, I want to know more about it so I can understand what it was like for you when you were there. Yeah. yeah. So and learn something from everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Well, that has been the smoke break. We are here every Sunday from nine to ten a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, uh, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio, and you can check us out on Spotify. Dro- episodes drop right. Right after um, on Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, on Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. 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 I, I never said it before, and I'm saying it's enough for every episode now. Um, <laughs> but I have been your host, uh, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lindio. Bye, friends. Malik Rayshon. <laughs> and Ronnie Macaroni. Hasta la próxima. <laughs> Thank you guys so much.